to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello again, welcome to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast, live from sunny, humid, very, very hot Dallas, Texas in America. A lot going on right now for Roma. We had the 4-2 victory over Barcelona in the International Champions Cup. We have the transfer rumors of Steven Nzonzi of Sevilla. We have other various transfer rumors as well. Quincy Promise is another one that within the last 24 hours has really sort of gained a lot of momentum, really out of nowhere. We've seen his name linked with uh, Roma in the past, but we haven't seen much recently at all, so that's certainly a surprise. So going to get into a lot of that in just a bit here. First, want to give a salute and send a, another hello to uh, Roma social media manager, um, Paul Rogers. It was great to see him again at the match. I was able to talk with him a little bit. They're doing great stuff over there on the, the club's official Twitter handles, Facebook, all the social media. They've been doing great stuff recently and... Um, it was nice to see him again. Beyond that, though, before I get too much further, it's early in the morning here in the U.S., and Leandro Castan has just announced his, not his retirement, I don't know why I wanted to say that, his goodbye. He is officially leaving Roma after six years and returning to Brazil to play for Vasco da Gama. As he has come to a contract uh, resolution with the club. And there's so much we could say about Castan as a player, as a man. In the times that I've interacted with him, I've interviewed him before. Very, very nice. Very polite with the media. He seems to be a very laid-back guy. Very approachable, very personable. But beyond that, as far as on the pitch, I really loved watching him when he was at the height of his levels with Roma. He really gave his all on the pitch. He wasn't a flashy sort of defender. I I was about to tweet this out, but he was never great, if you think about it. He was never really great at one thing. He didn't excel in one area of the pitch. His defending, his positioning was always really, really good. He wasn't sensational in the air. He wasn't a defender who could score loads of goals. He was just very, very sound in almost every single aspect of defending. And for the way that it ended for him with the club, where after that sensational, absolutely sensational 2013-2014 campaign, we all know what happened. He had the problems in his brain. He subsequently had to uh, undergo an operation, which since that time, he has never been the same. He played uh, with Torino. He played with Cagliari, but he has never been the same player since that operation, and that, for me, is the most difficult thing to accept because alongside Benassia in 2013-2014, he was absolutely sensational. He was incredible. Now, uh, um, uh, Benazia took most of the headlines, but Castan was one of those under-the-radar players who, again, was not flashy. He didn't do one thing great, but he was just very, very sound in every aspect of defending. And he's going to be one of those what-if sort of players. What if? 
that brain injury didn't occur. What if he had remained at this top level with Roma? I mean, if you think about it, we all know what happened. Benassia left the club after 2013-2014. Costas Manolas arrives. Castan was slated to be the starter. And also arrived Davide Astori, who, God rest his soul, was not that great with the club. He, he was not the level that they needed. Castan was slated to be that starter. And I am still convinced to this day that the injury and the absence of Castan really threw that season off the rails. That was just the start um, of a really, really poor campaign for them. I don't know if anybody remembers that season too too fondly um not fondly but if you have a clear picture of what that season was like I just remember how miserable it was um especially in the latter stages that spring was one of the worst springs in in recent Roma memory it was really 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 poor so I just wanted to take a couple minutes and give the proper adoration to Castan I think he was a fantastic player when he was at his true level and it's really really disappointing that he had to endure such a difficult time because really he had just come into the Brazilian national team I think he could have been a very very important player for Roma for a very long time and it's just so disappointing to see how it ultimately ended up but I wish him nothing but the best because again he truly is a gentleman uh, genuinely a nice nice man and I really hope for the best in his return to Brazil. Now, on to other matters. As for the match, uh, Roma 4, Barcelona 2. I didn't really have many takeaways other than, for starters, I don't understand why so many people are up in arms about the results of a friendly. To me, it is absolutely astonishing. We see it year after year after year. Uh, Roma look great in some friendly matches, and they look poor in others. If you're taking the result far too seriously, you need to just take a deep breath. <laughs> Calm down. It's a friendly preseason match. Guess how many points it's worth. I'll give you a hint. Zero. So calm down. I'm tired of seeing the freakouts on Twitter about people complaining that, um, you know, we're not getting a result against Barcelona when the season doesn't even start for another two to three weeks. You know, let let's calm down, okay? So had to get that one off my chest because the number of people I see over exaggerating and just delving into hyperbole about the result or the performance in a friendly is just absolutely absurd so had to get that one out of the way beyond that things i liked uh justin clivert has looked very 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 strong in the early onset with roma i like what he has to offer he is quite a bit quicker than pedalti who i, I just for life of me cannot understand how uh, he is still at the club. Um, to me, he is so much worse than El Shadawi and Clivert. For me, Clivert should be the starter. El Shadawi, the second choice with Under on the right with another name behind him. We'll see who that ultimately ends up being. And then Jekyll and Sheik in the middle. The nice thing about Clivert is he can play on both wings. He seems to be very, very comfortable playing right on the flank. 
His crossing is good. His dribbling is fantastic. I do think he needs to work a little more on the technical point of view, but I think that will come with time. But from what I've seen so far, he has looked very, very, very strong. His move that led to the very first goal last night of El Shadawi, I thought was fantastic. It was a fantastic move alongside the flank. It was a fantastic delivery inside the area. There are so few things about his game that I just don't like, and I think he's going to adapt very well into Di Francesco's side. I hope he's given an important role because I think that if given enough continuity, he can become a fantastic player. Another thing I liked, but I didn't see much chatter about, which I was really surprised about following the match, was the performance of Robin Olsen. I, you know, count me in as one of the individuals who has a lot of trepidation about the big Swede. Certainly, I think they need a, goal, a goalkeeper who is better with the ball at his feet. I certainly think they need one who has a stronger track record than what Olsen possesses. But from what I saw from him against Barcelona was good. Now, again, the track record with Roma is very, very small. This was his first friendly match that he played in. But I liked what I saw. Reactions were really, 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 really good. His ball distribution clearly still needs some work. Hopefully that will come once he adapts to Di Francesco's system. But from what I saw in the very early onset, he only played one half, but... I liked what I saw from him. It's difficult to teach reactions like that. Usually those are some things that usually come natural. And in that aspect, I think he's a very, very strong player. Now we'll have to see how the rest of his game adapts. But from the 45 minutes of from what we saw, I was very, very pleased. And lastly, Cristante. Brian Cristante. Another strong performance from him. I was just astonished at the work rate that he puts out when he is on the pitch. I tweeted this out during the match, but I, I really hate to say this. I really, really do because I, he's such a nice guy, a warrior, but I like a lot more what Cristante has done in this preseason compared to Strootman. Strootman, again, looks very slow, very labored when he runs. He cannot offer anything in terms of goal scoring ability maybe it's time to switch him to the regista defensive playmaking role that we see Dadalsi currently hold maybe that could be an option but he can just he cannot play the role that we see Pastore, Cristante, Choric, Pellegrini currently occupying he just doesn't have the legs for it anymore and it really does pay me to say that because he's such a likable guy injuries that he's had to overcome it's difficult not to like Kevin Strootman but in terms of what he can offer on the pitch Cristante to me is just such a more dynamic player he can score he can pass again his work rate is sensational I think he needs to be a first choice player I really do I think he and Pastore uh, should Steven and Zonzi, who we will talk about more in a little bit, arrive? I think that's a dynamic midfield. You have different characteristics. You have runners. You have playmakers. You have someone who can score. You have someone who has an excellent work rate. I think that's what Roma need. They needed a revolution in the midfield, and they've done that to an extent so far. But the one area that we constantly talk about that they haven't touched yet is the Regista defensive uh, defensive midfielder role, which Gonalon Derossi currently occupy. 
and I think everyone could agree that those two are not good enough for that role. Now, did Aussie? He can certainly play a much smaller role, in my opinion. I think he could absolutely play league matches, maybe against the smaller sides, whereas someone like Nzonzi would be a top-class name who could play against the biggest of the bigs in Europe, City A. I think he'd be an important acquisition. But, again, we'll get into that in a little bit. But I do think that Stroltman cannot have a big role. I don't think Derossi can have a huge role. I do not think Gonolon should have any role. He should not be on this uh, in this club whatsoever. He needs to leave because, again, uh, simply not good enough. So we'll see what Di Francesco ultimately decides on what his first choice midfield is. If they don't bring in another name, I do think they will. But if they didn't, I would be very, very worried because I don't think that uh, this midfield is dynamic enough. They've brought in dynamic midfielders, but I think they need more. But I would be curious to see where Di Francesco's head is at right now because Pastore to me is obviously a starter. If they don't bring in another name, De Rossi is obviously a starter. Who is that other name? Is he going to go with Cristante or is he going to go with Strootman? I'm curious to see, but in my opinion, I think that Cristante could offer more. Uh, let me know what you guys think, whether you tweet at uh, uh, AS Roma Press or at me, Solano underscore 56. I would love to hear your opinion. I tweeted this out and it seemed like many of you agreed, but I also had a couple people saying that they think Strootman still has a dimension that he could add to the team and that potentially he'd be a better fit in Di Francesco's side than Cristante, which I don't agree with, but I'm all ears to any other opinions that you may have uh, regarding this sort of debate. As for the bad, Davide Santon. He has not looked good this preseason against Tottenham, against Barcelona last night. He really, really, really has a difficult time with one-on-one opportunities. His positioning isn't terrible. His tackling leaves a lot to be desired. So it's difficult for me to see him being given much of a role this season at Roma. Undoubtedly, he's a third choice for both fullback positions, in my opinion, because you have Karsdorp, you have Florenzi on the right, you have Kolarov, you have Luca Pellegrini on the left, and the latter, Pellegrini, I forgot to add him into the things that I've liked so far, but he's looked strong. He looks like a more than competent backup. Now, again, it's preseason. It's a friendly. I don't want to get carried away, but in the small sample size that we have thus far of Pellegrini, I've really liked what I've seen. Um, aside from Santon, Peralti, again, very, very poor. I can't mention that enough. So those were my big takeaways from, from last night. Again, I don't want to get too carried away. I don't want to make more of a big deal than what it is. I don't want to make too much of the result. It means hardly anything. It was a poorly officiated match. Difficult for me to watch that and sort of take it seriously, knowing this was amateur-level refereeing. But it was there, there were some good pieces. There were some bad pieces, things that clearly Roma need to work on. But it's another stepping stone in the right direction, and that is all that matters. Now... The transfer market, the beloved, the beloved transfer market. I can understand why a lot of you, many of you, are frustrated with what Monchi has done or lack of what he has done so far this summer. I'm not happy with the market. For what Roma have spent, there's no arguing the amount uh, Monchi has spent this summer. None whatsoever. There's no way that you can be upset with the amount spent. But given the amount that they've spent... It seems like it was more quantity over quality. Now, the 
preferred starting 11 remains for the most part unchanged. Obviously, you have a new goalkeeper. You'll more than likely have Pastore in the midfield. Beyond that, there aren't many changes. So to see most of that go towards depth, I can understand is a little frustrating. But Palotta in recent hours and recent days has reiterated that, not reiterated, but more than hinted that a new player will arrive. Potentially two players may arrive. I was present yesterday when he was talking to some of the media about, he was asked directly about Steven Nzonzi, and he called him a beast, which when Palota describes a player so directly, it's very clear that Roma are interested, they're talking, and it's potentially an operation that they could see through. Obviously, we have to wait and see. This has been an uphill of a negotiation. It's been difficult to get information from the entourage of Nzonzi because he does not use an agent. His family handles all of his professional matters. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it's his father who negotiates everything on behalf of him. So it's difficult when you have such a tight-knit group like that. It's difficult for the information to leak, which for a player is great. You know, if you're in the media and you have a website like myself, it kind of stinks because it's, you know, you rely on a lot of these individuals to leak information and talk to you. And when they're not doing that, obviously, from a reporting standpoint, it makes it difficult on me. But I will survive. But nonetheless, I, I do think that this is a guy they need. I think that this is an operation that I do think will be seen through successfully. Don't, you know, don't take me at my word. But if I had a percentage on it, I would put it maybe at 60-70%. I do think there's a good chance it happens. Now, would I be surprised if it did it? No. Palota specifically cited the player's wages yesterday. And anytime that happens, that just leaves the door open for another club to swoop in and offer a higher contract to the player. So by saying that, I think Palota left himself a little vulnerable, but I do think that this is something, again, that they can see through. And I do think that should Nzonzi arrive, he is immediately a first-choice player. He's head and shoulders above Gonalon. He's better than De Rossi. He would slot in very nicely alongside Pastore and then either one of Cristante or Strootman. He is not your typical regista, more of a uh, mediano. But there's no denying his quality. There is no way that you can say he is not a good player or would be a bad fit for Roma. I'm actually surprised. I've seen a few articles over the last week or so uh, with people citing his age being an issue, which for me is just a little puzzling because I've seen people question the the fee, which could potentially be just under 30 million euros if you include bonuses. And they take the fee and they make that and they make the comparison to his age, which is 29 years old. But to me, if we're going to make that such a big issue of the fee, last season <laughs> Monchi paid five million euros for a 28-year-old going along. And how did that work out? It did not work out well. Gonalon has been terrible. So is it 
great that Roma are splashing so much money on a 29-year-old you're not going to get a lot of long-term use out of? No, I mean, obviously not. But if you can get two, maybe three good seasons out of him and we can see some relative success, how is that not worth it? Especially if it means qualifying for the Champions League again. This is something the club absolutely unequivocally needs. Uh, Milan have improved. Inter have improved. Napoli have improved. And Zonzi improves. Roma, Juve have improved. Everybody has improved. Of the big four clubs in Italy, you could say that Roma are the ones who have not improved the most relative to Milan, Juve, Napoli, Inter, Juve. You could say Roma are the ones that have not made the biggest moving of the needle in terms of quality so if Inzonzi were to arrive he undoubtedly without question moves the needle and raises the level of quality at Roma and to me absolutely puzzling absolutely puzzling that there are some people who would be against this move but after Inzonzi um, Palotta also was asked about a winger and he went on to say that Roma essentially do not need another winger which he may or may not agree with now should Diego Palotti leave that would leave Under, Clivert and El Sharawi three players for two positions on the right and the left now I don't think that Roma would leave themselves so vulnerable because vulnerable because again with just one injury you're very 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 thin in terms of depth so I do think that Peralti would likely remain if another winger doesn't come in and should one come in obviously I think he would depart the club but um, with Peralta saying that it was very curious because it makes me believe that Maybe after the situation of Malcolm, which he called an opportunity. He said we didn't need Malcolm, but it was an opportunity that presented itself, so we took advantage of it. The wording he used was very interesting uh, in regards to a winger. So we'll have to see how that ultimately plays out in terms of another attacker. Um, because obviously, Cliver can play on the right, El Shadawi can play on the right, but those two prefer to play on the left. And then, as in terms of a pure right winger, you only have Under. So I don't know if another name would arrive if Roma were to spend 30 million euros on Inzonzi. I do think it would be difficult for them to spend another 25, 30, 35, 40, whatever it may be, million euros on another player. I just don't see that happening. So if Nzonzi were to be the only one who were to arrive and the, the market ended, I think it would be very successful. But if the market ended today and no other names arrived, to me, it'd be a massive, massive, massive disappointment. So let's give it a couple more weeks before we start freaking out and making our judgments. There is still plenty of time. I do think the club will bring someone in. So let's just save our judgments for the next couple of weeks. So those were just my brief thoughts today. I didn't want to make this a super long episode. I didn't want to bring on a guest. There were some things that were sort of pressing in terms of the market, in terms of the friendlies. So Roma have one more friendly left next week in their American tour before they return to Italy to commence their Serie A campaign. As always, should something happen in the market, I will make another episode as soon as possible. I don't anticipate anything happening over the next two to three days, but I do think that while Monchi, Palotta, Zecca, 
Baldissoni, all of them are together. I do think that this will help, excuse me, accelerate the market. And I do think that by next week, we will see some steps in terms of acquiring a new player. So until then, we'll just have to be patient. So thank you for listening. As always, I greatly, greatly appreciate your support, whether it's on this podcast, whether it is retweeting our tweets. I I just can't thank you enough for the support that you give. I I really, really appreciate it. If you want to help us even more, be sure to check out Euro Fantasy League. They are big supporters of this podcast. They've been sponsoring it since April. They are huge backers of us. I can't thank them enough as well for their support. So be sure to check out EuroFantasyLeague.com. They're the absolute best when it comes to online fantasy football. You have to check them out. The most up-to-date statistics. They have the easiest gameplay. And again, you all know it doesn't matter which league you play. La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, it doesn't matter. They have it all. Again, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out AS Roma Press on Twitter for any of the latest news. And until next time, ciao.